guys. Welcome to episode 10 of the Renegade Movement Performance Podcast. I'm Lex. And I'm Kyle. And today we have Scott Richardson here with us, and we're just going to let him take it away and introduce himself. Hey guys, so I'm Scott Richardson. Um, currently, I work as a physical therapy aide, um, kind of in a gap year before I start physical therapy school. Um, so I just graduated from college last spring. Um, I did two years of community college where I was playing a little bit of baseball. Um, most of my time was actually spent rehabbing. Uh, my freshman year, I partially tore my UCL, um, tried to rehab that um, without surgery, came back in the fall, um, was throwing and actually fully ruptured it. Um, so I had to undergo surgery, um, Tommy John, and that put me out another entire year. Um, basically not playing at all for my two years of junior college. Um, tried to walk on at a Division three after finishing up there. Um, showed up and I was cut on the first day, only being nine months out of surgery, wasn't kind of ready. Uh, moved home, took a semester off of school, um, ended up at Concordia St. Paul. Um, really just decided that you know baseball wasn't going to be done for me. So I found some roles and some positions working in baseball throughout then. Um, at some baseball facilities, actually managed the facility for quite some time while I was still finishing up my undergrad degree in exercise science, um, worked as a personal trainer a little bit, and now currently as my physical therapy aide. Um, it's a little bit different than what you'd typically assume. Um, so I do the typical cleaning and stuff like that, but I also am a big part of our throwing rehab. Um, so anytime we have a thrower that's starting the return to throw process, I help out, you know, I'm giving biomechanical analysis. They also work with me personal training wise to get their strength back up to it. And yeah, so that's kind of what I, where I'm at now. Uh, Scott, were you a pitcher? Yes, I was a pitcher. I was going to say, it sounded like it. Yeah. Tommy John. So talk about that a little bit. What was, uh, what was your experience with rehab with that? Yeah, so it was uh, it was pretty grueling. Um, I was pretty confident when I partially tore it that you know I'd be able to rehab and come back, and you know things felt fine throughout most of that process. And then, but it just never felt that I could get my arm back to hundred um, percent where it was at. And then slowly, you know, throughout fall ball, it just you know it never really hurt. And then all of a sudden, I was warming up before a game. And I threw a ball and it went like 10 feet over the catcher's head and I felt a pop kind of in my elbow. It didn't hurt really, um, to be honest. Uh, it hurt way more when I partially tore it. And I actually went into the game after that, into a fall game we were playing and finished and pitched a complete inning. And I was throwing like 15 miles an hour slower than I normally do. Um, so I realized that something was probably wrong. Um, so I went and got it checked out, got the surgery. And that process was really grueling and hard mentally and physically. Um, you know, that was another year I was going to not be with my teammates, not be able to play. Um, I kind of felt like almost excluded from the team. Uh, we had a new head coach come in at the same time and I had just gotten hurt. He wasn't, you know, really too interested in keeping me around. So I really felt like I was just exiled from the team and just kind of stopped going to practices and stuff and try to do my rehab kind of all on my own. So it became really tough. Um, but I really learned a lot of, you know, what what went wrong, you know, how to go about it and just some of the things that really go into the mental side of it. And, you know, just that it needs to be all around and that that's a big part that needs to be addressed as well. Yeah. So obviously that's pretty tough, you know, to not one, not be able to play the sport that you love, but two, to have an injury that 
not only, I mean, it, it pretty much stopped your career. So that's, yeah. that's tough. Um, what are you finding today? Like, how do you feel today? Are you able to do things that you didn't think you could do or would be able to do? Um, yeah. So I was pretty confident that, um, coming back that my elbow and my arm would be fine just cause so many, you know, so many people come back from it today. Um, mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, 10, 20 years ago when it was a good chance, it was probably for sure going to end your career. Um, the worst part for me is just the timing and that's kind of why it probably ended the career, but, um, being involved in baseball as much as I have been coaching and stuff, like I can still play catch, you know, throw a batting practice, do all kinds of things and never really bothers me, um, whatsoever. So it's, it's been great. Honestly, I don't really ever notice it. That's awesome. So Scott, I want to ask you about, um, you said you were involved with the throwing rehab at the place you're working as an aid at. Yep. Uh, What does that kind of look like? Yeah, so typically um, we have one therapist that basically deals with most of our throwers. Uh, she was a college softball player, so she'll you know take them through all the physical therapy stuff, especially at the beginning um, of their surgery when they're not really doing any of that. And then as soon as they get to the return to throw process, that's when I typically become a part of the appointments. So she's there with it. Um, but since my background is more in baseball, I kind of take over and kind of lead through you know the throwing progression. So there's a return to throw protocol that, you know, our surgeons like to use at the place we're at. Um, So we kind of have to follow that. But in general, I like to, you know, really just help guys, you know, find drills throughout it. Because I find a lot of times in baseball, it's a lot of internal cues like, oh, get your arm here, do this, do that. And instead of it helps, you know, it's a pretty complex skill. So if you're just trying to tell these kids how to do it it becomes quite hard instead of just, okay, here's this drill. Here's a couple of things you should feel throughout it, go do it. And it kind of puts them in the environment to create the feel that they need to. So that's kind of how I look at it. So typically we just kind of the first session, let kids kind of throw a little bit and do their first phase. And then that's where I kind of evaluate and kind of see where we need to go for the next session. Um, Early on, I typically see a lot of problems kind of with the arm path and the arm motion. So I have some specific drills I like to use with that, as well as I also like to um, mix up the object that they're throwing. Um, so if they're just going to throw a baseball, they've thrown a baseball, you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands of times in their life, that skill's pretty ingrained in their body. Mm-hmm. Um, so as soon as they pick it up, they kind of know, you know, their brain's like, okay, I know how to throw this. I know what to do. So I like to use um, Gatorade bottles. Um, you kind of, you fill it up with, I don't know, about a third of water. Um, tape the cap up and you hold it by the cap um, and you kind of just cue them to not let the water get to the bottom until they get into layback and it kind of creates the arm path that I'm looking for. Um, I also like to use some footballs some softballs just to really challenge their throwing pattern instead of you know trying to really just tell them where their arm needs to be and do things like that. So we typically go through that and really hammer the arm path at first and then as they continue to increase through the interval throwing program We start to incorporate more lower half drills, and then that's where a lot of the strength training comes in. You know, a lot of kids don't know how to use their lower half, but a lot of times Mm -hmm. it's because they lack the strength to get into the positions that you need them to get into. They don't really have the coordination to find it. So that's typically then why we also, then they also work with me just on their own in a personal training sense, because I'm also uh, a certified personal trainer. So we do a lot of strength training stuff focused on that to kind of build up the rest of their body why our therapist really hammers on the specific area where they were injured so i've seen uh 
I forget how much it was, but I think it was like a few hundred dollars. Um, the random product that does kind of what you're talking about with the Gatorade bottle. Um, but I kind of imagine based on what that product looked like and what the Gatorade bottle, you know, scenario looks like to me, I think that's actually a better tool. (laughs) So that's awesome. Yeah, Yeah, that's awesome. That's uh, $2. So, right. Um, (laughs) True. Yeah. So talk to me about kind of, uh, on the personal training kind of exercise selection, and uh, what areas you're kind of targeting or, or movement patterns, however you want to talk about that, when they kind of get to that point and they're in the return to throwing program. Yeah, so um, my main thing is typically because most of the kids that I'm seeing, they're all high school athletes. Um, so the main thing that they're lacking is strength and just like movement efficiency. Like first thing we're going to do is we're going to try and hammer out just teaching them the basic movement patterns, you know, squat, hinge, push, pull. Um, lunge, things like that, and just really trying to get them into good positions. Once they can kind of show that they're proficient and they can do that, we'll start to load them up a bit. Um, I really like um, lunges and split squat variations for the lower half um, for the squat variation, um, just because it's pretty similar to the throwing motion. Um, and I just I just really like it. Um, guys, especially in baseball, they rotate so much. So really loading them up in the squats and just adding that, you know, a little extra compression on the spine. Some guys don't always take it the best. Um, so that's why I like the lunges a little bit better there. Um, love deadlifts for baseballs to kind of build that um, core strength as well as that, you know, that hinge and all that posterior chain. Um, that's where I like to see the lower half. And that's kind of what I talk about with guys is trying to, when they load and they're pitching, trying to get down the mound, trying to load up into like a hinge kind of motion almost. So that's why I really like deadlifts to kind of teach them that pattern and really get strong in that same pattern. Um, and then upper body push-ups, um, bench press, lots of rows, um, chin-ups I like a lot to get that um, eccentric bicep strength because that's really a big part of the deceleration phase in throwing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a lot of there's a lot, probably a negative stigma in baseball. I don't know how involved you guys are, but there's still a lot of old timers that don't really like lifting weights for baseball or, you know, just lower body. Um, but the arm throws the baseball, so I don't see how we can't lift the upper body. You know, I think bench press is more than fine, especially because the pecs are one of the main internal rotators of the throwing motion. Yeah. Um, so if we're not strengthening those, we're missing a big part of it. Um, but I think as long as you pair some push-ups and stuff in there to get the scapula moving along the rib cage, the bench press is totally fine. It's not going to make guys tight or anything like that. I do prefer dumbbells over the barbell for baseball players just because they get kind of they get pretty locked in and you know they're already putting enough stress on their shoulder that I like the little bit more freedom of movement the dumbbells give. Um, so yeah, and then just a ton of core work, um, anti-rotation stuff, anti-extension. Um, and carries and stuff like that are kind of how I hit it. Just very basic movement patterns, nothing crazy, nothing um, too fancy. Um, so aside from the Gatorade bottle, <laughs> are there any uh, kind of cool tools that you're using for some of that, like core work or uh, maybe that you add into the lunges, anything like that? Um, no, I wouldn't say there's anything different like that. Um, there's some other, you know, throwing drills I like to use for the lower half um, that kind of use it. Um, When guys are healthier, I like to start to build into kind of some weighted ball kind of work. 
but that's more so they're, they're kind of they're called like plyo care balls or they're basically medicine balls they're a little bit smaller um yeah. and different weights and they're highest you know typically are like two kilos but most of the guys only be in one kilo and that just allows like to for some patterning and to build some fitness of throwing um and it's actually a lot of studies that show that you know the heavier the ball there's actually reduced stress on the arm um be, due to the reduced acceleration and that reduced acceleration then lets guys kind of figure out you know it's a lot easier to work on your mechanics when your arm's not moving at 100 percent but when you're throwing the actual baseball and you tell a guy, oh, we're just going to work at 50%, just try and throw this, then their throwing mechanics completely change. So instead, yep. if you give them a little bit heavier ball, say, hey, you know, you don't need to throw this as hard as you can, but, you know, throw it and we're going to work on this in our throwing motion. It's not as stressful on their arm and they can kind of actually make the changes that you need them to make. It's well, just like anything else. Slow yeah. it down and then you can see the dysfunction. And it goes back to what you're saying before. I mean, they've thrown a baseball 10,000 times in their life. So give them some kind of a novel stimulus to throw that they're not going to be in that same movement pattern. Yeah, um, so even exactly. going from, I mean, if you could get a baseball size and shape and everything else, but it was Heavier. a kilo or two, yeah. then even that is going to be a, a novel stimulus. Different. So I agree with you. That's, that's an yeah. And, the, and these balls... They don't have laces either, so that kind of makes it like, um, okay, this isn't a baseball. This is just this rubber ball that's filled with sand. It's a little heavier, so. Yeah. And something you touched on earlier too, Scott, was um, breaking it down to different drills for different phases of the throwing cycle, uh, and that's definitely something that uh, you'll see when – so you're going to PT school, right? Yep. Yeah, so you'll see uh, that's one of the big things in motor learning is like part versus whole training. Um, breaking something down that's a very complex, continuous task into different individual parts so that you can really focus on those parts and then yeah. put it back together to make a new whole. Um, so that's awesome that you're doing that. Well, then he's also incorporating the functional training because you know you're never going to get better at throwing if you don't throw. So while you break it down into all those individual parts, then at the end you're actually bringing them back to what they need to do, um, which is what some rehab programs might lack. So you're doing a great job with that. That's awesome. Um, I do have to say, have you ever seen the what's that strap on, uh, whether it's Instagram or the internet in general? Uh, I have seen, um, I don't know if you guys know, Zach Decant. He's a TCU strength coach. Okay. Um, he works with baseball. I've seen him do some stuff with it on Instagram. I've never personally been exposed to it. Um, so I have no experience with it or anything, but I know he does great work down there at TCU. And if they're using it, there's got to be some benefits to it, I would say. Yeah, we. it's funny because Kyle, we were in Alaska working at an outpatient clinic and we had, we didn't have any specific baseball athletes. We had a bas couple basketball players and some dancers. And basically, you know, the ability to create rotation, you must have to first be able to resist rotation. So he, Kyle had got a, what's that strap and started using it with, I mean, he first experimented and it creates that additional stimulus where you have to resist rotation while you're doing that deadlift. But it's more than just that kettlebell can create when you have the unilateral hold. So I thought it was really cool. So I ended up buying one for myself too. Um, well, but, there's just different things you can do with it, right? Yeah. So like, if, I'm sure you've seen, Scott, like people doing a lunge with like a Palov press or like a wood chop, however you want to call that. Um and so you're kind of creating that anti-rotation or dynamic rotation, whichever you're doing, into different positions, right? But like with the strap, you can do that without having to load through the arms, which does two things. It 
makes it more specific to like the core and hips and shoulder, whatever, Mm -hmm. but then also, um, allows for skill work and stuff. So like you could be holding a lunge, like for a drill, right. You could be holding a lunge position with an anti-rotation demand and still being able to throw like the med balls or the Gary ball or something like that. So, uh, it just opens up new opportunities. There's one called, um, I think it's physical industries is the other one they're mm. kind of pretty competitive on price but it's the same damn thing it's a strap you wrap around you and hook onto a cable or a resistance band or something and just work on that rotation yeah um, but yeah that's a cool product yeah um, that sounds interesting so i still think that you know your injury and i hate to talk about it like that but your experience let's just say um do you find that you have a different, like a different vision right now and a different mental, like what did you go through mentally and how are you feeling about that now? I mean, you, some people think, and I, you know, it might not be past that now, but some people think that when they have an injury, there's not really any hope for them. And it might be understandable, you know, because that they're losing something that is an identifier for them. So as of right now, you're saying that you can do the thing you like, you can throw a baseball, you can help baseball athletes. So, you know, how do you feel mentally in response to all of this stuff at the end now that you're going to PT school and you have the potential to, or you are helping people that are in that sport that you love? Yeah. Um, I think all of this stuff and everything that's happening just shows me that, um, my injury kind of happened for a reason and that it's honestly just a blessing in disguise at the time. You know, I thought it was one of the you know, I thought it was a pretty bad thing. You know, early on, I was like, I'm just going to come back better, better from this. And I, you know, worked my butt off and did everything I could and did all the kinds of things. And so then when it kind of, you know, baseball ended, you know, I was pretty sad and dealt with that for, you know, a couple of weeks. And then I was just like, you know what, I'm not going to let this be the end of baseball for me, just because I had such a passion for it and wanted to be there. So that's when I reached out to baseball facilities and people I knew in the game and ended up finding positions in there. And that's just grown from there, allowing me to stay in this field, get into physical therapy school and be able to give these athletes more than I had during my process. And just to allow them, you know, to get better from this and to, you know, I think another big thing in me helping out in this rehab, what I do now is I always kind of address the mental part to kids and just say, like, I can tell when they're, you know, struggling mentally and just say, Hey, you're going to have days like this. You're going to have days that you don't feel good, not necessarily like your elbow, but you're just going to pick up a baseball and you're going to throw it. And it's just going to feel weird. You haven't done it in four or five months. Your arm had this huge trauma to it, and you're trying to regain some of that proprioception. Like, you're just going to have days where it's not there. And I think my injuries just kind of allowed me to be able to perform my job better and give these athletes things that, you know, someone that hasn't been through it and experienced it may not be able to give them. Absolutely. It gives you relatability. Perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, like, if you. So thinking about being a physical therapist, like if you knew nothing about exercise, which obviously you do, that's like the main core of your background. And I'll tell you right now, that's what gets people better, right? Is, is the exercises. But I guess what I'm saying is if you didn't know anything about exercise, if you didn't know anything about joint mobs and ISTM and whatever other freaking you know, tools and stuff, yeah, whatever things are in fashion now, right? If you didn't know anything about those core things that physical therapies, physical therapists do, you'd still be a great physical therapist because having the perspective to understand that it's not just about, yeah, your ulnar collateral ligament is, is torn now and that's what we're treating and that's what we're rehabbing. 
having the perspective that you do, Scott, to know like there's more going on there. That's a human. And what does that injury mean for them as a person? Um, that's nine tenths of the battle and just being there for somebody. So I think you'll do great in that. Um, speaking of physical therapy school and physical therapy stuff, uh, when do you start? Uh, I'm supposed to start in September. So hopefully that'll start as planned right now. It's supposed to. So yeah, that's good. I oh, see right. yeah, going on. My, I'm forgetting about coronavirus. Yeah. So our, our program started in the summer. So I was th- just actually thinking about that. I wonder if our school is starting classes because it's gross anatomy is the first class. So I don't know if they're actually going to start that off or not. I didn't think about that. Yeah, there's a couple um, other programs that I got into that start in the summer, so I'm kind of glad I start in the fall. Oh, yeah, that is good. You're going to St. Mary's, is that correct? Uh, St. Catherine. St. Catherine, jeez. <laughs> Wrong St. Lex. Wrong St. In Minnesota? Yep. Oh, it's going to be cold up there. Where are you from? Uh, I'm from Minnesota. That's where I live. Oh, so, so. you're used to it. I'm a yep. Vikings fan. Oh, you are. <laughs> I am from from uh, upstate New York. From upstate New York. <laughs> okay, I'm actually I'm actually an Eagles fan. So I was born oh out in Philadelphia, God. but I only I only lived there for a few years. But my family lived there most of their lives, so kind of grew up. Eagles fan. Eagles, we can't Eagles really talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, That's I'm okay. Kyle's a Pats fan, so. <laughs> oh geez, oh, I'm a crying gosh. Pats fan right now. Yeah, you are. <laughs> um. So. Let's just talk about one more thing, Scott. If you had to give an athlete any type of advice, you know, whether they're going through an injury or whether they're having just a, a minor setback in their sport, what would you tell them from your perspective? Um, I just like, tell them that, you know, everything's going to be okay. You just got to, you know, look you know, look at the bigger picture and really try and narrow down where the problem's coming from. Um, you know, and it's okay to seek help. I'd say kind of during my rehab process when I felt a little bit exiled from the team and whatnot. And, you know, I started to do a lot of stuff on my own and just trying to take over kind of my own rehab and stuff. I was still seeing a, you know, a physical therapist, but um, I don't know that necessarily I got the best physical therapy. I was basically going there and getting a lot of passive treatment and then kind of, you know, an exercise or two and kind of on my way. So I kind of tried to take over a lot of the strength portion and stuff like that, just because I knew, you know, that's what I was going to go into. So I just think the biggest thing is just ask for help when you need it, you know, find someone that's willing to help you, you know, don't think you can do it all on your own. Um, And it's okay, you know, to feel like things are not going to be okay. And that's why you, you know, reach out for help and ask other people. I can't tell you how frustrated that makes me feel. I feel like Kyle looked at me at the same time when you said that. that we were both just, just like, oh, yeah, <laughs> that you didn't, that you didn't get you anything didn't, besides passive yeah. treatment and like, really well, not much support in that side. It sounds like you're in a good clinic now though. They're doing yeah. sports specific activities. So that's, that's perfect. I just, sometimes it's tough because when someone says, oh, I went to physical therapy before you kind of hold your breath and you wait for it. And you're like, uh, what are they going to say next? And then it's always nice when someone says, and my physical therapist was great. I can bench press like I used to, or I can throw a baseball like I used to. So sometimes like the story like yours is like, man, that person could have had a much better recovery. So I'm glad that you are in a clinic now where you can see the the good side of PT and how, how effective it can be. Well, and it's just one more part of your story, Scott, that like yeah. sets you up for success in the long run. Like it's unfortunate that that's what you received when you were going through stuff, but not only your experience of having that injury and working through that and everything that that entailed beyond just the injury itself, 
um, having an example of, you know, I went to physical therapy and this is what I got out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, it's kind of almost like, you know, you can learn from somebody who's doing all the right things, or you can learn from something that was maybe not the best experience and be like, I don't want to do that. Uh, so I, what I guess what I'm saying is that you're kind of lined up for success here. Um, it's just a matter of showing up for the classes and passing the tests because uh, there's, you know, some foundational knowledge or whatever. But other than that, dude, it's it's more about who you are and how you can interact with people and um, how you can help them in more ways than just prescribing exercises or, or doing passive modalities, whatever we're doing. For sure. So for sure. I think you're in a great spot for that. So, Scott, I know that you're doing – I saw you just, you know, developed your Instagram and you're doing some personal training. Are you doing online personal training? Um, not at the moment. I'm hoping to, you know, kind of work into that. I just kind of started my page. Um, just kind of wanted to start to get some information out there and um, just kind of put my stuff out there. Um, now that I feel like I have some quality stuff to share after kind of just studying and really diving in over the past couple of years. Um, I do, you know, want to hopefully move into some remote training kind of stuff. Um, you know, I'd like to focus probably and work with some baseball athletes kind of on some remote training and, you know, help them with throwing and all that kind of stuff. Cause I feel like there's a lot of that stuff lacking out there and a lot of that can all be done remotely now. Um, but also I've, you know, worked with plenty of general population and personal training and would really be open to working with anyone. So just working on kind of building into that and getting into there. Well, where can people find you if they want to get a hold of you? Um, so my Instagram page is rich rehab performance. Um, so they can find me on there, um, or on Twitter. It's, um, Scott rich underscore SPT. Perfect. There you go. So if you're looking for someone, you know, even if you're just a, an athlete and you're a rotational athlete, be it, be it baseball, golf, et cetera, like that rotational aspect is definitely what Scott deals with on a daily basis. So he can probably give you some good pointers. Um, but reach out to him if you have any questions. And uh, Scott, thanks for coming on with us and talking. Um, yeah, I learned a lot. I, I learned that Gatorade trick, Gatorade bottle trick is amazing. <laughs> I like that a lot. <laughs> that's going in the show notes. I know that's definitely going in the show <laughs> Today's notes. Today's show we discuss Gatorade can you, bottles. Can you post that on your Instagram? Yeah, I actually, uh, I actually just recently had a post with it. Um, me did you doing, doing some drills with it? Yeah. So if you go back on there, uh, I think it was just a couple posts ago. Um, I'm doing some throwing on it, and I can even upload a picture to my story of kind of what the Gatorade bottle looks like um, and yeah. kind of how I hold it um, by the cap. So that would be awesome. I'm going to share the heck out of that because everybody <laughs> needs to know that. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, all right. Well, thank you for everyone for tuning in and thank you again, Scott. It's been great. Yeah. Thanks again for the opportunity.